Welcome to Dinosaur George Kids, a show for anyone who loves dinosaurs. Dinosaur George has studied paleontology for over 50 years and has performed live to over 4 million students across the world. So sit back and enjoy today's show. Now, here's Dinosaur George. Future paleontologist. I'm Dinosaur George. Welcome to my show. So glad to be spending more time with you. People from all over the world, which is the most exciting thing about all of this. We are listened to in over 85 countries. And we have had 51,000 people download our podcast and listen to it. Let me say that again. 51,000 people. That's crazy. But I'm so excited and I'm so glad. And I hope you all enjoy listening as much as I enjoy making these. Let's go to a couple of quick shout outs. Some of these are really cool. Um, This one is, this one is so neat. This one is just too cool. This is from one of my one of my Patreon club members who wrote to me wrote and said, "Thank you my brothers and I love your show. We listen every day. Can you say hi to them? Their names are Taco, okay, his real name is Lachlan, and Beckett. But Taco is a great name. So Taco and Beckett. Your brother was nice enough to ask me to give you a shout out. So there it is, my friends. There is the first shout out of this episode. A couple of other shout outs. This week, I've had the pleasure of speaking at schools, uh, doing virtual lessons. For instance, I spoke for the Marshall Hill PTA, which was in West Milford, New Jersey. I enjoyed that one very much. I did a, a lesson for the United Methodist Day School in San Antonio, where I'm from. That one was a hoot. Do you know, I've been speaking at that school for over 20 years. Every year I speak to the students at that day school for the last 20, I think it's 21 or 22 years. That's crazy. Then today, today I spent my morning teaching a group from Bogus Elementary and then, and they're from Murphy, Texas. And then in the afternoon, I did a show for Gunstream Elementary, which is in Frisco, Texas. I can do these all over the world. Tomorrow, I'm doing a show for Burkhart Elementary in Plano, Texas. And on Friday, I'm doing a virtual lesson for Indian Lake Elementary in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Then I'm doing another group from Bogus Elementary from Murphy, Texas. And then I'm going back and doing another show for the folks at Indian Lakes Elementary in Virginia Beach, Virginia. So... Shout out to all of those schools where I got the opportunity to to speak and talk to your students and for those that I'm going to be doing uh, later this week. Then looking at my calendar, wow, have I got a busy summer. I am going to be doing virtual lessons and in in uh, library lessons all summer long all over the state of Texas. 
I'm also going to be with our traveling museum next week. I'm doing one, two, three, four, five different schools are going to have our traveling museum next week and the following week. So I'm going to be crazy, super busy, but I'm very excited to be doing that. Things are going great. Uh, our, um, our dinosaur museum that I've set up in San Antonio, Texas, at a place called Trader's Village. We haven't done a grand opening, and yet we've been very busy. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm thrilled. I think we're going to do the grand opening on June 26th and 27th. That's June of 2021. So if you are in or around San Antonio, Texas, uh, that weekend, June 26th and 27th, we will be doing our grand opening celebration where we'll do some giveaways and it'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be totally cool. So those are the first, first round of shout outs. I'll be getting, I'll be doing more in a moment when we go to the dinosaur George kids Facebook page. But for right now, we're going to get in to our feature creature. It's time for our feature creature segment. If you would like to suggest a creature, go to the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com or post your suggestion on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now, here is your feature creature. You know, when I posted the podcast about Gastonia, which was an armored dinosaur, I had so many people write to me and say, can you please do one on Ankylosaurus? So that's this podcast feature creature, Ankylosaurus. Now, you will hear me say Ankylosaurus and then I'll pronounce it Ankylosaurus. I kind of switch between the two. And I know that's confusing because some of you have books that tell you one way to pronounce it. And then you might have a different book that tells you another way. Or you hear someone speak about it and they pronounce it differently than you. You have to remember that when you're saying the names of dinosaurs, you are almost always speaking a language called Latin. Latin is a language. Latin, the correct pronunciation is Latin, but I never do pronounce the T. I say Latin. So that's a different language. So when you are pronouncing it, you might pronounce it differently than someone else. You can say Ankylosaurus. You can say Ankylosaurus. It doesn't matter. There's not a right or wrong way when you're, cha- when you're pronouncing a Latin word in English. Do you know some people pronounce Diplodocus? Some say Diplodocus. Some say Diplodocus. They're all right. It's perfectly fine pronouncing them that way. So if someone pronounces a word differently than you do, it doesn't mean that they are wrong and you are right. And it doesn't mean that they are right and you are wrong. If you hear me pronounce it Ankylosaurus, because that's usually the way I pronounce its name. And then you hear me pronounce it Ankylosaurus. It's still okay. It's still perfectly fine. I change it all the times. Some, sometimes I say Deinonychus. Sometimes I say Deinonychus. It's the same animal, just pronounced differently. So I wanted you to know that if I pronounce the name differently, don't think, oh my gosh, I've been saying it wrong. That's not true. 
you might just be pronouncing it differently than me. So let's talk about Ankylosaurus. This is the largest member of the family we call the Ankylosaurs. Within the family of Ankylosaurs, there's a bunch of different armored dinosaurs. Gastonia, the, the podcast that I did a couple of podcasts ago, that's an example of a member of that family. There's Euoplocephalus, there's Minmi, there's, oh my gosh, so many different members of this big group. Ankylosaurus is the biggest of them all. It's the biggest one. But it's also one of the most rare. We'll talk about that in a moment. So first, what does its name mean? What does Ankylosaurus mean or Ankylosaurus? What does it mean? Well, it means fused reptile. Weird name, huh? Let me explain it. There are certain bones in the skeleton of Ankylosaurus, which are normally not not connected to other bones permanently. Normally, those bones just sit next to the other bones. But some of the bones in Ankylosaurus are kind of sort of glued together. They're not glued, but I'm just using glue as an example. They are kind of fused. Fused means you take two things and you make them permanent. They stay together permanently. So some, and that's how it got its name. It's, it's, an, it's a unique feature that we find in Ankylosaurus, but it, it just was something odd. But that's how it got its name. So if you ever look at it and go, what does fused mean? Well, that means when two things are stuck together permanently, they are fused. So in the case of Ankylosaurus, I believe it's some of the bones in the skull, and, I, and I'm not sure the other ones, but they are kind of connected together permanently. They are fused. I told you this is a big dinosaur. It's anywhere between six to eight meters long, which means anywhere between 20 and 30 feet long. That's, that's bigger than a car. I drive a big truck and it's longer than my truck. And it weighed anywhere between four and eight tons. That's huge. Now, where did the, where have they found this thing? Well, they found it in Montana, Wyoming, and Canada. It lived during the late Cretaceous period between 68 and 65 and a half million years ago. It was one of the last dinosaurs on Earth. It was one of the dinosaurs that would have seen an asteroid coming in to hit the Earth. It was there at that time. It is a quadruped. That means it walks on four legs. It is simply too big to stand up on its back legs. I don't think its back legs could even support its weight if it tried to stand up. It just can't. And it is, of course, an herbivore. And now I'm going to tell you something that might surprise you. They have never found a complete skeleton of an ankylosaurus before. They only found pieces and parts, but have never found the entire skeleton. So wait a minute. Now, I just told you how big it was. If they haven't found the whole skeleton, how can I tell you how big it was? How would I know? Well... Sometimes when you find pieces of parts of one ankylosaurus and then you find pieces and parts of another one, well, you can use those to help figure out how to put a whole skeleton together. You take pieces found everywhere else and you start to help form those together. And 
You can also compare its bones to other dinosaurs like Euoplocephalus, which is another ankylosaur that looks a lot like Ankylosaurus. But that one, they found almost a whole skeleton. So we know what that dinosaur looks like. So then scientists can look at the bones that they found of Ankylosaurus and say, okay, I'm missing the bones, but I know what bones should go there because I can compare it to that other dinosaur, his cousin. And then I know which bones go there. And that's how I can estimate how big it is. So why is this dinosaur so rare? How come we don't find many of them? And how come we don't find them that are complete? To become a fossil, you have to be buried in something. You see, if you... That's funny that my my uh, computer just beeped to let me know I just got a... Somebody just sent me a who would win. <laughs> That's great. Um, to be a fossil, your body has to be buried in sand, mud, and sometimes the ash from a fire or a volcano. But you have to be buried in something because if you're not buried, if you die and you lay on the surface like most animals do, first of all, scavengers will come along and eat parts of your body. They will also tear off pieces of your body and leave with them. See, if you're a if you're a little carnivore, you want to get a piece and get out of there before a big carnivore shows up and eats you. So you might pull off a leg and then run away with that leg. Well, see right away that dinosaur is already missing a leg. So if it does become a fossil, we're not going to find its leg. Well, other dinosaurs can haul off pieces and parts. So if you're laying out in the open, scavengers can see you, scavengers can smell you, meat eaters can find you, and they eat your body. And when they do, they tear it to pieces. They shake it and rip it, and your bones fly everywhere. Now, if your bones are just sitting on top of the dirt, each day when the sun shines, the sun makes the bones hot. And that means they expand a little bit. Expand means to get a tiny bit bigger. You couldn't tell. You, if you looked at it, you couldn't tell, but they get just a fraction bigger. Then at night, when it cools down, when the bone becomes cool, it shrinks back down to its size or original size. Well, if that happens over and over every day, every night, every day, bigger, smaller, bigger, smaller, bigger, smaller, what starts to happen to the bone is the bone starts to get cracks in it from where it stretches and then shrinks and stretches. It starts to crack. And the more it happens, the more it cracks and the more it cracks, the more it's going to slowly turn to dust. And one day there won't be anything left of the bone because it's all turned to dust. The majority of dinosaurs that ever existed We've never found their bones because the majority of dinosaurs were never buried under something. When they died, they just laid on the surface like animals today. So when there's a flood, a flood is a great way to get a dinosaur to be buried. Let's say a dinosaur is trying to swim across the flooding river and it drowns. Its body is going to float downstream. And when there's a big curve in the river, its body usually is going to float up against the bank and get stuck. And over time, more mud 
and water will cover it because of the flood. It has muddy water. That mud piles up and piles up and piles up. And the next thing you know, the whole dinosaur is now under the mud. Since it's under the mud, the scavengers can't smell it. The carnivores can't see it. So its body just sits there buried under the mud. Now, remember I said that if your bones are on top of the ground, they expand when it gets hot and they shrink when it gets cold every day, every day, every day. But if you're under the ground, that doesn't happen. So the bones lay there for millions of years and they slowly turn to stone because the bone sort of absorbs the minerals in the ground. So that's why we find dinosaurs. Now, it also can happen in a sandstorm. Let's say there's a dinosaur that dies, but the wind is blowing and the sand is blowing and blowing and blowing. That can cover them up. Or let's say there's a forest fire and you are at the edge of the fire, but you died because maybe you got sick from all the smoke. Well, the ash floats down and it can cover you. So I told you all of that so I could explain why we don't find Ankylosaurus very much. The number one way to become a fossil is to be buried during a flood. Certain parts of of the land, flooding happens there more often. We call those the floodplains. That's where water from the hill runs down to the plains and it floods and everything gets covered in water. And then over time, that water moves off and everything comes back. Well, see, when that happens, that means that the plants that live there get lots of water. So there's lots of plants. So that attracts a lot of plant eaters. And that attracts a lot of meat eaters. And so you have all these plant-eating and meat-eating dinosaurs all living in the floodplain. And when a flood comes, they get trapped and they get buried. But Ankylosaurus was probably not a very good swimmer. And so Ankylosauruses may not have lived in those areas because the chances of being covered in a flood of drowning in a flood meant they didn't want to be around there. So maybe they lived in the more hilly areas where there's hills, not mountains. They're not made for climbing up mountains, but maybe they lived in the hills. And if you live in the hill, yes, it still rains and yes, it can still flood, but you're not as likely to drown because you just simply stand there and let the water run down the hill. The place you don't want to be in a flood is at the bottom of the hill where all of the water is coming together to cause the floodplain. So it may be possible that Ankylosaurus is rare and we haven't found many because they didn't live in places where their body would be fossilized as more. It wouldn't be as likely that they would be buried under mud because they stayed away from those places. I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe there just wasn't very many of them at all. Maybe if you and I could travel back to the Cretaceous period, if you and I could travel back to the Cretaceous period, we might see thousands of duckbills. We may see thousands of other horned dinosaurs like Pachyrhinosaurus. We might have seen hundreds of Styracosaurus. 
we might have seen 50 or 60 triceratops. Maybe we might see one T-Rex. And maybe we might see one ankylosaurus because those animals are not as common. So it's either they didn't live in those areas where it was more likely you get covered in mud. Or there just wasn't very many of them. Ankylosaurus may have feared water, may have feared a flood, but it didn't fear very much else. Because this is a dinosaur that is so well protected, nothing, nothing was strong enough to bite through the armor of an adult Ankylosaurus. Not even the king of the dinosaurs, Tyrannosaurus Rex, could do it. First, it has big, thick pieces of bone on its back. We call them osteoderms. Osteoderm is like a piece of bone that isn't connected to your your skeleton. It kind of floats in your skin. I don't mean it moves around. I mean, it just sort of sits in the skin. When the dinosaur dies, the osteoderms fall off because they're part of the skin. But they're just super hard. So it had osteoderms all over its back, and that meant anything that was foolish enough to try to bite that dinosaur is going to break its teeth on those osteoderms. Now, it's true that their stomach may not have been protected, but who cares? When you weigh eight tons, who's going to pick you up and roll you over to get to the soft underbelly? Nobody, because no dinosaur, no predator could lift eight tons. It just couldn't do it. That would be like you and me picking up a car. You just can't do it. So it didn't have to worry about much. And on top of those osteoderms and all the spikes, it, of course, has the wrecking ball tail. We call it a club. It's a great, big, giant, solid piece of bone. And when that dinosaur swings that club from side to side, you are in big trouble if he makes contact. He would break the leg of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. It would snap a leg from an Albertosaurus. A raptor being hit by that, a raptor would be shattered. There would be nothing left of a raptor if he hit you full force with that club. Absolutely nothing is going to be foolish enough to take on an adult ankylosaurus. They're going to definitely try to kill their babies, but they're not going to kill an adult. So if you have an ankylosaurus toy at home and you're you're fighting with a meat eater, I don't know. I would be awfully careful because that ankylosaurus is probably going to win every single time. One other thing that's kind of neat about ankylosaurus is that its jaws... The end of its mouth almost looked like a beak that was perfect for being able to bite through really hard plants. And it also had rows of little tiny teeth. Most people don't even know Ankylosaurus had teeth, but they do. They're little and they're kind of shaped like a, like leaves. They kind of look like, they, they look like leaves. They're weird. They're really weird. So they were very small little teeth that were made for grinding up the plants. And because they, they can't stand up, that means that they probably ate any plant, any plant that they could reach. They would probably eat any plants. You know what I think they may have also done? 
if a big sauropod, let's say one of the big titanosaurs, was living up in the area where the bigger trees, see in the floodplain, you don't get as many big trees because trees never get a chance to grow tall in a floodplain. They usually get pushed over in a flood. But there's lots and lots of other plants that grow there. Trees take much longer to grow. So the sauropods, the long necks, may have gone up into the hills to find trees. They're so tall, they can't eat off the ground. They need to eat uh, trees. You know what I think? I think Ankylosaurus may have followed around those big sauropods because when they were reaching up into the trees to snap off limbs, they probably dropped a lot. And Ankylosaurus was probably there waiting for those leaves to hit the ground so it could go eat them. It could never reach the leaves in a tree. It can't climb. So it may have kind of hung around Ankylosaurus, I mean, hung around um, uh, the big sauropods and waited for them to either drop leaves or maybe even knock down smaller trees. Just push them over when they walk by. So Ankylosaurus is a specialized eater, and that beak is made for cutting through even the toughest plants. So Ankylosaurus is an absolute amazing dinosaur. I love it. It may not have been very fast. In fact, I bet it was super slow. But it's the way its body is made, it kind of looks like it could turn around very quickly, which would be very helpful if it's using its tail for protection. Because if a T-Rex comes running in, he's got to turn his body to use that tail. And he could turn very quickly. He can't run very quickly, but he could turn in a circle very quickly. And that would have been a very helpful thing. So Ankylosaurus is an amazing dinosaur. It's rare. Even though it's so incredibly popular, it is still a very rare dinosaur. And I hope you learned something new about Ankylosaurus because I absolutely love it. When I come back, we're going to jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Then I'm going to answer some questions on the Ask Dinosaur George page. And then I'm going to do a Who Would Win? And finally, I have an interview this week with two, two of my Patreon T-Rex members. They are brother and sister. I'm going to interview them later. So let's take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to jump over to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Bring Dinosaur George's traveling exhibit to your school, museum, or city. This is the largest exhibit of its kind in North America and will turn any facility into a natural history museum. You'll see things like prehistoric mammals, giant fish, ancient reptiles, and of course, dinosaurs. It's affordable, amazing, and will be an event you'll never forget. See complete details at dinosaurgeorge.com or call us toll free, 888-487-7478. Bring Dinosaur George's traveling museum to your community today. All right, if you are not already a member of it, you need to go to the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. It's free, parents. It's completely free. And you are allowed to post pictures. Anything to do with your dinosaurs, you can post pictures. You can send me messages through there. So let's jump over there and see who stopped by to leave some comments. First, uh, Agnes sent a really cool Lego T-Rex versus, wait a minute, Agnes, is that me? Did you make a Lego dinosaur, George, and you threw me in the ring with a T-Rex? 
You naughty kid. You little stinker. Ah, why am I always getting eaten by everything? Okay, let's go down the page. Oh, now this is amazing. My friend Zach went to the Carnegie Museum and he was nice enough to videotape walking through. If you guys want to see an amazing video, you go on there and you watch Zach walk around and he's there with our friend uh, Matthew, which is just amazing. Um, so you guys go on there and take a look. It's a great video of all of the cool bones that are there. Okay. Uh, oh, here, Nolan and Malia. Those are my brother and sister uh, interview. They were nice enough to post a comment that they enjoyed being interviewed. I had a great time with both of you. Very proud. You guys did a great job. Nicely done, you guys. Okay. Let's see. This is from uh, Victor. Says, hi, Dinosaur George. These are some pictures of my dinosaur battle. And in the pictures, there's also some carnivores surrounding Triceratops, which is also what you told us to do in the Triceratops podcast. That is great. Good job, Victor. Yes, I gave a project to everybody to show Triceratops, and there it is. And this is amazing. You have a major battle. Not only do you have dinosaurs, but you also have all of your cool cars. That's an excellent job, Victor, and I'm very proud of you. Okay, this time it's is from Harper again. She says, hi, Dinosaur George. It's Harper again, but now I'm five. Uh, wait a minute, Harper. How can you be five? The last time I told I saw you, you told me you were four. Are you trying to trick me, kid? Are you trying to trick me? Her birthday happened to be on Mother's Day, which is so cool. You got to share Mother's Day with your mom, and it was your birthday. That is so cool. Harper, I'm so glad you are now five years old. So Harper said they went to a museum with lots of dinosaur bones. But what was really special is they had a titanosaur and Sue the T-Rex. I got two new dino molds and found these cool dinosaur toys. And I also wanted you to see that I'm practicing to be a paleontologist. Well, Harper, I think you are going to be an excellent paleontologist. I watched the video where you were working very carefully to remove your dinosaurs. And I love those pictures. Wow. There's a big Quetzalcoatlus. These are great. So these are great. And again, happy birthday to you, Harper. I'm very excited about that. All right, next we've got, uh, let's see, Lily and Jake. Wow. Okay, they visited a mini museum at our state's geological survey today. In addition to those guys, we also saw a ground sloth, an anaconda, and a huge trilobite. Well, they sent me pictures where they're standing next to, to a woolly rhino. They're standing in front of dinosaurs. Guys, these are great. Lily and Jake were also wondering what color dinosaurs could likely see. What do you know about dino eyeballs? Well, we don't know very much about the eyeball itself, Lily and Jake, because the eyeball decomposes. It disappears when it dies. But we can look at the brain. Now, it's not the brain itself, but it's the spot inside the skull where the brain used to be. We can look at that. And then scientists can sort of guess how good a dinosaur's vision was. Since dinosaurs and birds are the same thing, my guess is 
they probably saw a lot of different colors. But that's a great, great question. Okay. Uh, Agnes says, I love your podcast so much. I love dinosaurs so much and Legos. And I know how to whistle. Okay. There is no way you know how to whistle, Agnes, because I don't even know how to whistle. Okay. You guys want to hear me whistle? Okay. You better not be laughing at me. I don't know how to whistle. When I grow up, I want to live in San Antonio, Texas. You know what, Agnes? When you grow up, you come move to San Antonio and I'll make sure we give you a job working in my traveling museum. How's that? Here's Agnes drew a picture of Velociraptor versus T-Rex versus Carnotaurus. Thank you for your podcast. Hey, I'm glad you guys listen. And mom, thank you so much for, for encouraging Agnes to do all these great things. I'm very proud. All right, Lane, five years old from Michigan, set up a parade of long necks to show me. Whoa! We're now listening to your Triceratops podcast right now. Well, you listen to me, Lane. I'm very proud of you. I love sauropods, and I love that parade. You went from little to medium to ginormous. Lane, here's a shout-out to you for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you liked the Triceratops episode as well. All right, little Eli, five years old, said, hi, I wanted to show you this picture of a scene I made where I'm trying to get my Triceratops into the house I made out of Legos. I added Allosaurus because I know it's your favorite. Well, what a nice thing, Eli. Yes, Allosaurus is my favorite, and I'm glad you're trying to put that Triceratops in the house. I'm just glad I'm not in the house with it because that thing would be awfully huge. But I love it. But then the picture changed. Oh, wow. Now it looks like the Allosaurus is destroying the house. Okay, things have certainly gotten a little more intense. Then my Allosaurus went in and was naughty and started tearing up the house. Shame on that Allosaurus. But you know what? That's what an Allosaurus does. All right, Mighods sent me a beautiful Triceratops drawing. Mighod, I'm so proud of you. This is great. You made the horns brightly colored. You put the eyes on the frill like I told you. I am so proud of your drawing, buddy. I am so proud. I wish I could meet you in person because I'd give you a high five. Nicely done, my little friend. Nicely done. And then Uhtred completed his assignment for the Triceratops episode and drew a Triceratops battling a T-Rex and also a picture of the superhero Hulk. I love the Hulk. Dinosaur Jarge, if you have time to give Uhtred a shout-out in the next episode, feel free to tell Uhtred that he forgot one of the Triceratops' horns. Well, Uhtred, you didn't forget Triceratops' horn. Maybe it got bitten off in a battle. Have you ever thought about that, Mom and Dad? Have you ever thought about that? Uhtred, you did great. And here's a shout-out for your great drawing, and I don't care how many horns your Triceratops had. Maybe he broke it off in a battle. Or maybe a Triceratops was running in the backyard and ran into a tree. Whatever happened, it's amazing. Now, here's young Webb who posted Ceratopsians surrounded by carnivores. And by the way, I love your dinosaur roar, Webb. That looks great. Oh, baby, you've got Spinosaurus, Allosaurus, Raptors, Rex, all closing in on a bunch of Ceratopsians. 
That is going to be a crazy battle. And I like that you set them up outside because they look so real. All right. And then this is super, super cool. Adrian sent a video of one of the coolest battles I have ever seen. A gigantic T-Rex surrounded by dinosaurs. And this video shows T-Rex is tearing everybody up. T-Rex is doing absolutely amazing. Gideon, I am so proud of you for this video. You did great. That is an amazing battle. I love the sound effects. It is awesome. Awesome. Okay, then, uh, oh, cool. This is from Macy. Hi, Dinosaur George. I drew what I think is a T-Rex or what a T-Rex would look like, but obviously it wouldn't, it would be a different color. I have been listening to all your podcasts and I really enjoy them. I'm so glad that you guys enjoyed the podcast. And I got to tell you something. Um, to me, to me, it looks to me, Macy, like the colors are perfectly fine for this dinosaur. I think they're perfect. There's no reason to change the colors. I like your colors. Nicely done. Okay. And then here, uh, Karen sent a picture of from Devin who is has a Triceratops versus a T-Rex in a fighting battle. These are great. And I like that you put a plant in the scene to make it look even real. Nice work, you guys. That is incredible. And then Webb, age four, drew an ankylosaurus with a giant spinosaurus attacking. He loves the podcast and asks to listen daily. Well, guess what, Webb? You're getting a shout out for this one. And because you drew an ankylosaurus, that's why I made Ankylosaurus the focus of this podcast. So what do you think of that, my little friend? What do you think of that? Okay, let's see. David Bax posted some really great pictures of a really neat dinosaur exhibit in Australia. It's amazing. Uh, let's see. My buddy Rody posted a picture of a new piece he added to his collection. It is a Parasaurolophus skull. Rody's got a very big collection. And that's a really good one. And let's see. Uh, hi, Dinosaur George. My name is Macy and I'm from England. I also have autism and I love dinosaurs. I am 17 and I love your podcast so much. My autism superpower is dinosaurs, rocks, minerals, space, and art. I was doodling and came up with this dinosaur. Thank you so much for teaching me more about dinosaurs at a kid-friendly level as I can't be bombarded with too much information. Thank you again. Well, you know what, Macy? I'm absolutely happy absolutely happy that you enjoy the podcast. And I love your art, by the way. It's really, really good. I absolutely love it. All right, let's keep going. Let's see. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, this is great. Pansy posted a great picture of some people going into the La Brea carpets. <laughs> I got it. Oh, little Jasper. Jasper B drew a beautiful triceratops with very bright horns and with the eyes on the frill. Nicely done, Jasper. Nicely done, Jasper B. That is incredible. All right, let's see. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Whoa. Hi, Dinosaur George. Benedict, who's three and a half years old from Sydney, Australia, loves your podcast. Here is a picture of Benedict visiting the Australia Zoo and roaring like a T-Rex while standing on top of a Spinosaurus. Okay, that, that is still the coolest picture in the world. That deserves another shout-out, Benedict. That is great. Uh, I would be a little careful. I would get away from that thing. 
Let's see. Uh, oh, uh, Declan, six years old, created the ninja, the night ninja kicking a velociraptor into a box of treasure to trick the pirates. Okay, this is cool. You have Lego stuff going on everywhere. This is cool. I don't know if I would want to be around a ninja kicking a, I, mean, I wouldn't want to be a ninja who kicks a velociraptor, but I think that's super crazy cool. All right. Uh, and then here's uh, Jasper's homework assignment from the podcast before today's and Kyla source mom protecting her babies from Utah Raptor and Baryonyx. Great job. You put that uh, and Kyla source babies underneath. That was absolutely excellent. And by the way, I missed a couple of people. Uh, let's see. Um, there was some people that posted after, after I had done the last one. I think Anderson, age six, I think you created a battle with Indominus Rex and T-Rex and a robot Pteranodon. That's an awesome battle. Love that battle. And I think um, Jasperitasaurus, I think you posted this after the last one where you went through the Natural History Museum in Salt Lake. I love this. Love these pictures. I have the same skull of that giant bison. I have the skull of that giant bison in my collection. How crazy is that? All right, my friends, that is it for the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. If you're not already a member, I hope you join it because it's a great thing where you get to post these cool pictures and I will give you a shout out if you post pictures or leave comments for me. I'll try to give you a shout out. When we come back, we're going to do the Ask Dinosaur George segment. Become a member of the Dinosaur George Patreon Club and join the fun. We offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com and sign up today. Do you have any questions about dinosaurs? Just ask Dinosaur George. You can post your questions on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page or click on the Dinosaur George podcast page at dinosaurgeorge.com. Questions are chosen at random and you can submit as many as you want. And now, here's Dinosaur George. All right. This first question comes from one of my Patreon club members. This is from Oliver W. Said, Dear Dinosaur George, if Stegosaurus lived in the Cretaceous instead of the Jurassic, do you think it would have been able to find a niche and survive? Thank you for answering my question, and I love your podcast. Well, thank you, Oliver. Thank you for being a member of the Patreon Club, and thank you for the kind words. So if Stegosaurus existed in the Cretaceous instead of the Jurassic, you know, Stegosaurus lived with some very dangerous dinosaurs. Dinosaurs like uh, Torvosaurus. Allosaurus, uh, Saurophaganax. There were some pretty bad dudes back then, and yet it still survived. So if it lived in the Cretaceous, yeah, I think there's a chance that it would have continued to survive. But I think it would have lived in those upper areas, like I was talking about within Kylosaurus. I think it would have done better in places like that because it's just not made for moving very quickly. And I think it would have been more of an upland animal, which also, by the way, may have meant that it wouldn't have to run into the big carnivores like T-Rex. 
I don't think T-Rex is living in the hills very much. I think it's a T-Rex is down hunting in the lowland areas because so many more dinosaurs were attracted to that area. It could find more food. So that's a great question. I think it's certainly possible. All right, Gabe Z, who is also a Patreon Club member, Gabe said, did Sinoceratops live with Carnotaurus? It didn't. I believe Sinoceratops lived in North America and Carnotaurus uh, lived in South America. And I don't think those dinosaurs could travel that far. I don't think, I don't, if, I, if I remember Sinoceratops correctly, I think Sinoceratops was found in North America. So, Gabe, I'm going to say that I, I, don't, I don't think it would. I just, I don't think it would. But that's a great question. All right. Uh, now, Oliver, age six from Sydney, Australia, writes, what was the Ankylosaurus's tail club made of? Great question. Perfect timing, Oliver. First of all, the club itself was made of bone, but it was covered in something called keratin. Very thick keratin. Keratin is what your fingernails are made of. Now, it's not sharp like a fingernail. It was round to cover that club. But that protection, think of the keratin as like a football helmet, right? You, you have a hard head, but if you put on a football helmet, it protects your hard head. Well, that keratin would have protected the hard head of the hard tail of Ankylosaurus. So it was covered in keratin. That's great. Okay. This question is from David says, I am writing to you from Finland. Hey, welcome to the, to the show. Welcome you guys. Thank you for listening in Finland. My four-year-old son recently discovered your podcast for kids and loves it. That's great. I'm so glad. And they signed up to be a Triceratops Club member to check out some videos. Very exciting. Very exciting. Hey, and you know what? Uh, And it seems like you guys are black. Okay. You know what? I need to go in there and make some of those videos available for uh, for Triceratops members. Really, those lessons are for the um, Raptor and T-Rex members, but you guys should be able to watch some of them. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to change it. And I tell you what I'm going to do. uh, David, make sure to check your Patreon page and I will put an announcement that you guys can watch some of them. Okay. I'm glad that you let me know. That's so cool. Uh, and then he says, we're also thinking about buying some items from your web shop. Do you ship every, anything to, or everything to Finland? Yes, I do. I ship all over the world now. So David, welcome. Welcome to the club. Greetings to everyone in Finland. And I will make sure that I uh, open up some of those videos so you and other Triceratops members can watch. Okay, Isaacy Packy, eight years old from Seattle. Isaacy Packy is one of uh, our Patreon members. What a great name. His name is Isaac, but he goes by Isaacy Packy. Okay, what was the smallest dinosaur? Well, birds are dinosaurs, Isaacy Packy. So really the smallest dinosaur known is a hummingbird. But I know what you're speaking about. You're talking about the terrestrial dinosaurs from the Mesozoic. There's a lot of argument over who was the smallest. Some people say it's Micropachycephalosaurus. Some people say uh, it was, uh, um, oh, what's the little guy's name? Oh, I can see it. there's a little sauropod that they thought was an adult, but I can't remember its name. It's going to drive me crazy. But there was a bunch of small dinosaurs, but I think... I think Micropachy would have been one of the smallest, if not the smallest. And it's funny that Micropachy, because you go by Isaacy Packy. 
So a micro Izaki Paki would be the smallest dinosaur that ever lived. All right, this is from Timothy A. Jade, who lives in Texas. What is the smallest herbivore and what is the smallest carnivore? And where do you see most dinosaurs at which places uh, where dinosaurs are found in Texas? Uh, Do you like herbivores or carnivores? Well, first of all, I like both herbivores and carnivores, but my top favorite dinosaurs are, are carnivores, followed very closely by herbivores, I might add. Um, the smallest herbivore may have been that little micropachycephalosaurus that I was talking about just a minute ago. And the smallest carnivore, I don't know, it could have been Compsonathus or a Microraptor or some of those little guys, I'm guessing. And there's lots of places in Texas where we find dinosaurs. Some dinosaurs are found up near Dallas, and then other dinosaurs are found out in the Big Bend area. There's a number of places we find dinosaurs in Texas. Okay. Let's see. I'm just going to flip through some of these. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Sumay, age seven from Frisco, Texas. What was the most fearsome predator that lived underwater at dinosaur time? You know what, Sumay? I would say that it would have been um, uh, Tylosaurus. I believe it would have been Tylosaurus. I think it would have been Ty- I think Tylosaurus would have been absolutely one of the worst. One of the worst. Okay, Jared, age 11, from Aubrey, Texas. Is the crater still in the Yucatan Peninsula, and is the asteroid still there? Now, Jared is referring to the asteroid that struck the Earth in Mexico in the Yucatan Peninsula. And um, his question is, is the crater still there, and what happened to the asteroid? Yes, the crater is there. But the crater is so gigantic, you don't realize it's even a crater when you're standing there. You have to go to outer space to look down just to see the crater. It's 100 meters or 180 meters across. It's huge. As for where's the asteroid? Well, the asteroid was completely destroyed, completely destroyed when it struck the Earth. It completely changed. It completely changed. The environment, because that asteroid exploded into trillions of tiny little pieces and they kind of floated down all over the earth. So you can't go see the asteroid, but you can certainly, if you want to jump on the next space shuttle and go to space, you can see the impact crater. All right. Finnegan, age five from St. Joseph, Missouri. We were wondering if we were able to actually create dinosaurs like they did in Jurassic Park. Would those dinosaurs even be able to survive in our climate? Or would it be like putting a saltwater fish in freshwater? What a great question, Finnegan. What a great question. That is an interesting, that's an interesting one. If we could bring back dinosaurs, would they even be able to survive? We do know that there's certain food here that they could eat because we find the fossilized plants from, from the age of dinosaurs, we know we have some of the same plants living on Earth today, so they know, we know they could eat the plants. And meat eaters can eat pretty much anything made of meat, so that wouldn't be a problem. But the real problem would be the oxygen level in our atmosphere. When dinosaurs were alive, it was higher back then than it is today. I don't know if those dinosaurs would even be able to survive. I don't think they could. 
Okay, Olivia, age four, from Jacksonville, Florida. What kind of dinosaurs were found in Florida? Olivia, I don't think, I don't think that um, they found any dinosaurs in Florida. It doesn't mean they weren't there. There were definitely dinosaurs there. It's just that the layers of earth that hold their bones are buried so deep underground in Florida, you can't see the bones, so therefore we can't dig them up. That's that's an excellent, that's an excellent question. Yes, you had them. Yes, they were there. Um, but we haven't found any because, because the layer of dirt is too deep. All right, last one. This is from Teddy, age four, from London, UK. Hello, Teddy. How you doing, buddy? Hi, Dinosaur George. We are big fans of your podcast and listen all of the time. Well, I am thrilled. I'm thrilled that you listen to the podcast, my little friend. I am thrilled. So Teddy says we have a question about Dinosuchus. How long do you think he was? Please, can you do a podcast on... uh? Hylonomus? I don't know who Hylonomus is. And other prehistoric reptiles. You know what, Teddy? I'll look up Hylonomus and see if I can. I don't know who that is. We especially love reading about all the underwater reptiles like Dunkleosteus and Stethacanthus. It is my birthday on May the 4th and I will be five. Well, you know what? Then you have already had a birthday. You're not four. You're five. You are five. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I hope you don't get eaten by a dinosaur. Because that would be kind of bad. Okay, that was the worst birthday song I've ever heard in my life. You're five years old, Teddy. I'm happy birthday to you, buddy. So, um, how big do I think Dinosuchus was? Well, there's some debate about the size. Some scientists think it may have been up to 40 feet long. Others believe it may have been a little bit shorter. Whatever the case, Dinosuchus is a gigantic crocodile, a massive crocodile. It's absolutely huge. And so Dinosuchus is an amazing animal, and I wish I knew a better estimate of size. But uh, all I can tell you is um, uh, it was an amazing animal. It was an amazing animal. And I would not have wanted to mess with that thing. There's no way. Okay. Let's see. Um, 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 I'm just, I'm just going through these again real quick. I can't answer all of them. Uh, so that I think is it. We're going to go straight into our, um, who would win segment. So let's go. Who would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird. Spinosaurus versus Triceratops. You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All right. To be able to submit a who would win, you have to be a T-Rex member of the Patreon club. I hope you consider joining the Patreon club. I hope you do. 
because I think you would enjoy it. And it is a lot of fun and we get to do some really cool stuff. So let's get started. This first one is from Jameson. Hi, Dinosaur George. Who would win? Albertosaurus versus Allosaurus. Oh, man. This is a great battle. These are both big dinosaurs, about equally sized. And I'd say the only real difference is Allosaurus has bigger hands and bigger claws. But Albertosaurus had a bigger brain. So I, oh, you know what? I still think this would be an even fight. I think this would be pretty even. You've got the speed and weapons of Allosaurus versus the big brain and teeth of Albertosaurus. This, I'm going to give it to Allosaurus, and I'll tell you why. Because those claws are so big, and Albertosaurus has tiny little arms like its cousin T-Rex. I'm going to give that fight to Allosaurus. Not just because Allosaurus is my favorite, but because, <laughs> because I think that's who would win. All right, Jackson W. says who would win. A fire-breathing Ceratosaurus versus Rodan from Godzilla. Okay, there is no way anybody's going to beat Rodan. Or if you pronounce it Rodan. It's just too big. Rodan is too big. And even if Ceratosaurus was breathing fire, wouldn't hurt Rodan. He lived in a volcano. So this fight is going to go to Rodan, the big, gigantic pterosaur that lived in the age of Godzilla. All right. This is my buddy, Lauren. Lauren says, who would win? T-Rex versus King Kong. Oh, versus the King Kong T-Rex. Oh, ooh. I like this one, Lauren. You know, the King Kong T-Rex, the T-Rexes in King Kong were bigger than Tyrannosaurus Rex. The Kong Rex is going to win. And the other reason why I say that is because some of the animals it lived with, it was it was battling for its life every single day. So I believe that the Kong Rex would win. That's great. And then Lauren also sent another one. Who would win? Dinosaur George versus King Ghidorah. Okay, what is wrong with you? How am I going to beat King Ghidorah? Even if I use my deadly underarm stink of death, I can only get two of his heads. The third one's going to grab me and eat me. Sure, I could stink out two of them, but I can't get three of them. Why are you throwing me in the... Lauren, you wait till I see you the next time, mister. <laughs> All right, Teddy says, Sauroposeidon versus Mementosaurus. Whoa. Whoa, Teddy. These are titans. These are huge. Mementosaurus has that super long neck. Sora Poseidon has that gigantically powerful body. Sora Poseidon is simply too much for Mementosaurus. Mementosaurus can use that whip-like tail, but all it's going to do is hit the body of Sora Poseidon. It can't hit him in the head and it can't blind him. He can't make his tail go that high. His tail can only go from side to side. It can't go up and down. So that means he's going to be hitting Sora Poseidon in the legs and in the stomach. That sounds like it would hurt, but their skin was probably super thick. It would be like if you walked up with a stick and hit an elephant, it wouldn't even know you hit it. So I'm going to give this fight to Sora Poseidon, but what a magnificent fight that would be. Wow. All right. Then Levi Raptor sent one and said, who would win? Woolly Mammoth versus Woolly Rhino. Whoa. These are all, these are excellent. You guys are amazing. These are excellent ones. These are really, really good. 
Um, the elephant obviously has all of the um, all of the uh, advantage. It clearly has all of the advantages because it has size, it has power, it has all of the strengths that you would need to win. I certainly know the woolly rhino could cause a lot of damage. He could cause a lot of damage. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. But I'm going to say that in this fight and probably almost every other fight, you are going to see the mammoth win. It's simply too big. Great question. Great matchup. And finally, my buddy Noah, who I know is definitely going to be a paleontologist when he grows up. I know he is. I know he is. Um, so his question is, um, who would win Utah Raptor versus Allosaurus? I love this fight. I love this fight. It's just such a great battle. You have the speed. You have the, um, you have the speed. You have the weapons of a Utah Raptor. Super fast dinosaur compared to Allosaurus. It's such a big dude. Such a big Raptor. I, I am going to say, I think Utah Raptor would be able to outmaneuver Allosaurus. I think, I hate to say that because I love Allosaurus. It's my favorite dinosaur. But no, I have to be fair and I have to look at the facts. And in this particular case, I believe, I believe Utah Raptor wins. And that hurts me to say that. All right. We are now going to listen to an interview. One of the greatest things about being a Patreon club member is, first of all, once a month, you get a free lesson. Now, I'll tell you that my, to, hear, to, have, to hire me to do a lesson, it's $200. So if you join the Patreon club at the Triceratops level, that's $1 a month. That would be like, that would be like 199 free lessons, dollars <laughs> worth of lessons. Because the lessons, if you hired me, it's $200. So if you're a Triceratops member, you get to get one lesson every month. If you were a Raptor member, you get two lessons every month. And if you're a T-Rex member, you get two lessons plus. Your name gets put into the hat and we draw your name. And if you're lucky, you get to be interviewed. And that's what we're going to hear right now. How would you like to be interviewed on a future podcast episode? Well, now you can. Become a Tyrannosaurus member of our Patreon club, and you might be chosen for an interview with Dinosaur George. Visit DinosaurGeorge.com to join the club. And now, let's meet a Tyrannosaurus club member. One of the best parts about being a T-Rex member is your name gets put onto this wheel and we spin the wheel. And if it lands on your name, you get to be chosen for an interview. And guess whose name came up? My two 
best students, Nolan and Malia. How are you guys today? Good. Good. So were you excited when your name came up? Yes. Did you uh, dance around the house? No. Did you tell your mom and dad, now that yes. I'm going to be a famous star, you have to give me more allowance, like $500 a week? You didn't say that? Nope. That would have been a... <laughs> I guess they wouldn't have paid you each $500 a week. Well, it was worth a shot. So, one of the things that I enjoy whenever we do our lessons is you guys have some great questions that you always like to ask. So, I want to ask both of you. Now, first of all, Nolan, how old are you? Eight. You're eight. And Malia, how old are you? 25? Five. Just plain old five. So eight and five. So how long, Nolan, we'll start with, well, you know what? We'll start with Malia because that's the kind thing to do. Malia, when did you start liking dinosaurs? Were you, do you remember? When you were about four years old. So you started liking dinosaurs relatively soon. Now, Nolan, what about you? How long have you liked dinosaurs? Since I was two. Wow. Yeah, you're like me. When I was little, as far back as I can remember, I loved dinosaurs. I loved them. So do you guys have a favorite? Who has a favorite dinosaur? Who? I have Titanosaur. Titanosaurs. Wow. I love them. And Malia, what about you? Who is your favorite? Yeah, sometimes it's hard to pick a favorite. Uh, people ask me all the time what my favorite is, and I always tell them Allosaurus. But that's kind of hard sometimes because I like a lot of dinosaurs. Now, do either of you like the meat eaters the best or the plant eaters the best? I mean, the plant eaters. You like the plant eaters. Eater. And you like I the meat eaters. Ah, the plant eaters. Well, there was a lot more plant eaters than meat eaters. You guys knew that, though, I bet. Yeah. You know, for every 100 dinosaurs that are discovered, 80 of them are plant eaters. So there's, there was way more plant-eating dinosaurs than meat eaters. How come there weren't more meat eaters back then? Can you guess? What do you think? If there were too many, were too many meat, um, meat eaters, they would like overpower the, the plant eaters and eat them all. There you go. And if they ate all the plant eaters, there would be nothing left to eat except for plants. And they don't like plants. I was very good. That's absolutely correct. So, um, so meat eaters are important, right? They play a role. We have to have meat eaters. What if there weren't any meat eaters? What would happen? Can you guys tell me? What do you think, Nolan? Plant eaters and plants like will overthrow and would become too many of them. Right. And if there was too many plant eaters, what would happen to all the plants, Malia? They'd be eaten. There will not be a lot of them anymore. Right. And if there was no plants, what do plants make that animals have to have to survive? Can you guys tell me? Nutrients. Nutrients is one. Very good. But it's something else. Energy. Not only energy. <sighs> Oxygen. There you go. What we breathe. 
So if there was too many plant eaters, they would eat all the plants, there would be no oxygen, and then everybody would go away. So there's something called the balance of nature, and that is, uh, that's where you have the right amount of plants, the right amount of plant eaters, and the right amount of meat eaters. So other than dinosaurs, do you guys have a favorite animal that lived a long time ago? It doesn't have to be a dinosaur. What are some of the other things you're interested in? And it still be alive. Oh, now how cool. I don't know if I'd want some of them alive. What would you like to see that would be, well, if you could bring back an animal that's extinct, what would you like to see that's alive? A doo-doo. You'd like to see a dodo bird. Now that would be cool. They didn't die too terribly long ago. And Malia, if you could see an animal that's not alive anymore, what would you want to see alive? A Spinosaurus. A Spinosaurus? Uh, there is no way I want a naughty Spinosaurus walking around me. Uh, yeah, it would look at you two and think you two were little fish sticks. It would eat you two for lunch. Uh, there's no way I'm going to get eaten by a Spinosaurus. I'm going to run away. I'll leave you two there and I will go for help. Does that sound like a good plan? No, no. Come on. That's a great plan for me. I survive. That's all that matters, right? No, no. Fine. Fine. I cannot believe you're going to make me stay and protect you from a Spinosaurus. Well, uh, good luck with that. So you, you like Spinosaurus and you like... Now, let me ask you guys this. What about some of the animals from the Ice Age, like the woolly mammoths and the giant lions and the dogs? Do you find those animals interesting too? Yeah. You do? Uh, the, the giant sloth. Oh, what a great animal. What an amazing animal. Yeah, the sloth is is spectacular. And there's a bunch of different kinds of sloths. One of them was huge. Yeah, one of them was giant. Have you guys ever been to a museum and seen any bones from some of the giant sloths before? Yeah, like to an area where they were still excavating it. They were, they were excavating um, mammoth bones that were thought to have been killed by a flash flood. They also found a few camels and a saber-toothed tiger, and other unknown species. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, you know, you always, you always hate that animals die during floods. But as far as science is concerned, we're lucky they happened a long time ago so that we can find all of these animals. Because if an animal dies and it just lays out in the open, it won't turn into a fossil. It has to be buried under something. So floods are actually very good for scientists. They're not good for the animal, but those animals lived a million years ago. They wouldn't be alive today anyway. So you actually got, do you remember what state that was in? Do you, do you remember where that was? Texas. Here in Texas. That's right. And you live in Texas. I do too. That's right. Was that near Waco? I think it's the yeah. map. Oh, do you want to know something, Nolan? I still have never been there. I have so many friends that work there. But I'm always so busy, I never get to go stop in and see them. I've got to do that because I really want to go see those mammoths because I hear it's pretty cool. Now, there was more than one mammoth there, right? Was it a couple of them? Yeah, it was like a big family, a couple of um, males and a couple of females, and I think one or two young. Wow. How amazing is that? Would you guys like to go fossil hunting? Have you ever gone fossil hunting? Mm, Not really. Would you like to go one day? Yeah. It could be fun. If you went fossil hunting, what would you like to find? 
What would you like to find? Pedobites. What's that? Pedobites. The little sea creatures? Yeah. Uh, trilobites. Yes. Oh, listen, I love trilobites. Do you know, did, did you guys, were you able to join me for the class I did on trilobites? Yeah. We did, yeah. yeah. Weren't those the coolest looking thing you'd ever seen? With the spikes and the horns and all the stuff sticking up. I just I just think trilobites are the coolest thing in the world. And Malia, if you could find a fossil, what would you like to find? Um, a footprint. Wow. Now, footprints are cool. I love dinosaur footprints. Do you know that in Texas, we have more dinosaur footprints than almost any other place in the world? Yeah. Yeah, we have more footprints. And Rachel, there are also mammoth footprints. That's right. Ooh, that's cool. I, I love mammoths. Of all the Ice Age animals, I, I think I like mammoths the best. I don't know why. So now I want to talk about what you guys like to do for fun. It doesn't have to be dinosaurs. What kind of things do you like to do for fun? We'll start with Malia. Malia, what do you like to do? Play tablet. On your tablet? Nice. Now, what do you do? Do you like watch movies? Do you play games? What do you do on it? Games, mostly watch nice. And what kind of movies do you like? Do you like scary movies? No. Oh, do you like movies about monsters? Do you like movies about giant chickens? No. Do you like movies about skunks? No. Do you like movies where they kiss a porcupine? No. Uh, what kind of a movie do you kiss a porcupine? What kind of movies do you like? A mermaid movie. Ooh, I like mermaid movies. Those are cool. And Nola, Nolan, what do you do for fun? What do you like to do? I build. What do you build? I build like miniature cities. My biggest city did 60 persons. Wow. Now, you build those. Is there like a game that you play where you get to do that? No, I have like magnet tiles, Lincoln Lodge, and like Legos. I am so proud of you. I am so excited to hear that. I build palaces and castles and fortresses. Nice. That's brilliant. What, honey? I help him too. That's very, that's very good. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. You know, I love video games and they're fun. But when I was little, we didn't have video games. So we played with the same thing. We Legos and Lincoln Logs and blocks. And I used to love doing that. I used to build zoos. I'd make a zoo. And then I'd take all my animal toys and put them in each one of the each one of the pins where my animals were. And I used to build zoos on the floor, and I thought that was the greatest thing in the world. That's so cool. So what about um uh let's talk about school now. What is your best subject? What do you like to learn about the most? Either writing or math. Really? Oh, I really like reading. Wow, you're good at math. I'm terrible at math. I'm so bad at math. Two plus two equals seven. Am I right? No. Oh, see, that's how bad I am at math. So, uh, Malia, what do you like to do? What is your best subject? Do you like drawing? Do you like reading? What do you like to do? I like math, reading. Uh, you're both good at math, and I'm terrible at math. Uh, that's a little embarrassing, you know. But I prefer history than math. Ah, 
Now, when I was in school, I had two subjects I was really good in. Lunch and recess. Uh, that was it. I was really good at those. I was the best lunch kid in the world. <laughs> Me too. Ah, good. Good. I'm glad you know you're carrying on the tradition. That's good. So you're both good at reading. So, Nolan, what kind of books do you like to read? Um, I, I really like, I'm, I mostly like nonfiction. Really? That's exciting. And a big book of history next to me. Nice. Now, that's a very good book, by the way. That's a really good book. That's exciting. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, the past, even, I'm not even talking about like the age of dinosaurs, like your book of history, like the Romans and the Aztecs. I find that to be really amazing, too. Do you guys like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And what kind of books do you like to look at, uh, Malia? Can, uh, can you read, Malia? Are you able to read? He reads them pigeon jellies. Wow. Nice. Nice. So what kind of, what is your favorite thing to read about? I like nonfiction books. Um, I like um, um, Halloween books and learn about the world books. Oh, I'm so proud of you guys. You have such good parents. You should be very, you should be very glad you're being brought up to see reading and math and all those things as important. I'm so proud of you guys for doing that. So let's talk about modern animals, animals that are alive today. Do you guys like animals that are alive today? Yeah. Blue whales. I would have full non-fiction books. On, on what? On blue, oh, blue whales. whales. Oh, blue whales. Whoa. Man, I would love to see a live blue whale. I've never seen, I've never seen a live whale. I've only seen a killer whale from a distance. I was driving through Oregon and I was driving down the highway and I could see them out in the water, but they were too far away. But have you guys ever seen a live whale before? No. I've seen, we've seen dolphins. Oh, nice. I love dolphins. Do you think if you saw a whale, you would be scared or excited? Excited. (laughs) I think I would be scared because they're so big. I'd be scared. The biggest blue whale was 110 feet long. You know, that's longer than dinosaurs. That's amazing. 110 feet long. That's hard to believe something could be that big. So what about museums? Have you guys ever got to go to museums? I know you went to the Waco site, but what other museums have you gone to? Mm. Can you remember? Not really. But I'm sure we went to other museums. I bet you have. Since you're good readers. Yeah, we went to like um, two um, like battleships. Oh, yes. Oh, did you get to go on the ships? Did you get to walk on them? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I know that we have a battleship, I think in. One in Texas. Yeah, that's right. I think it's. Near Beaumont, maybe? And then down in Corpus, they have an aircraft carrier. Have you ever seen one of those? Yeah, we we went to that one. Nice. Very cool. See, I study World War II stuff. I I enjoy reading about the the ships and the planes and the weapons of World War II. I don't don't like the war, but I enjoy reading about all the different kind of things that they used. And the first warship that I ever visited was in California in San Diego. It was like right near my house. Oh, so you guys used to live in San Diego. I was born there. Oh, no kidding. 
So when did you move to Texas? Malia, were you already born when you came to Texas? He was two. Oh, wow. Wow. That's was, really. And you were, how old were you, Nolan? I was four when you, we moved. Oh, so you, so you probably remember San Diego, right? Malia, can you remember anything about San Diego? Or were you too little? Spaghetti. Uh, you ate spaghetti in San Diego. That's what you remember about San Diego. You ate spaghetti. And I remember about the school, but not really about the beach. Ah, nice. Now, when you were on the beach, did you ever get bitten by a shark? Mm, no. You got ate no. by a shark. You guys got eaten by a shark. No. Oh, you so ate I- you ate a shark. Wait, you ate a shark. No. You ate a whale. No. You ate a blue oh. whale. Yeah, oh, you ate it. You did not eat a squid. Did you really eat squid? Yeah. Yes. Near, near our house, there was like um, a, a restaurant. Right. And they, like, they used squid. And sometimes, even when I was sick, we would have like went over there and got squid, rice, and black beans. Oh, man, that sounds good. That sounds really good. When you said there was a squid by your house, I thought you meant in Texas. I'm like, uh... How did a squid get into Texas? <laughs> so let's talk about the one question everybody always wants to know. Why did the dinosaurs die? Why do you guys think there's no more dinosaurs? Why do you think they died? Uh, a meteorite hit Earth. A meteorite hit Earth. Is that what you believe as well, Malia? Yeah. So how did, if a meteorite hit the Earth, how did that cause all the dinosaurs to die? Oh. The plants died, so the plant eaters died, so the meat eater couldn't find any food, so they died too. And also, the tsunamic waves that went all around the earth and acid rain that that fell, and all the dust that was in the earth covered, turning all the plants, yep. and plants died, and then the meat eaters, and also like pieces of, of the meteorite were falling on earth. That is absolutely a brilliant description. You guys need to start teaching my Patreon classes so I don't have to teach. I'll hire you two to do it. Does that sound like a good plan? Uh, I think that's like the greatest plan in the history of the world. I'll let you two teach the lesson. Hey, you little stinkers, you got my book. You got both of them. Hey, that's pretty fancy. So in this lesson, I mean, on this podcast, I'm going to be talking about Ankylosaurus. And if you find the picture of Ankylosaurus, you'll read some of the things that I'll be talking about on uh, on the podcast. Um, have you guys had a chance to listen to any of the podcasts yet? I listened to one of them for about almost the entire thing. Wow. I, I forgot what it was about. Yeah, that's cool. They last they're an hour long, so that's a long time. Can you find... Oh, by the way, when you find that Ankylosaurus picture... I think that's the meat eater book you're looking at, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the ankylosaur picture in the plant eater book, you'll notice something falling from the sky. What do Uh, you... It's the meteorite. There you go. It's the meteor. Exactly right. Atta boy. Nicely done. That's very good. Well, you guys amaze me that you like dinosaurs, and I want to tell you both how much I'm glad that you guys are Patreon members. Do you like the club? Do you like the Patreon club? Yeah. 
I'm glad. I enjoy every time I see you two log in. I'm always excited to see you. And you guys always answer all the questions, which I love a lot. How come you got to be so smart? Why are you so smart? Good books about them. There you go. There you go. And Malia, one last thing. Uh, where are your teeth, kid? You're missing your teeth. How did your teeth fall out? She's been in a hamburger. You, what kind of hamburger was it? A rock hamburger? Your mom yeah. fed you a rock? You ate a rock and you broke your teeth? Um, uh, When you sneezed, did your teeth fly out? No. Uh, that would be like the greatest day ever. <laughs> so what did you do with your teeth? Did you put them under your pillow? Yeah. What did you get? $2. No way. You're getting $2 for a tooth? Man, if I got that much, I would have pulled my brother's teeth out and put them under my bed. Hey, that's a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. You've got more wiggly teeth? Oh, no. You've got two wiggly teeth. Well, all I got to say is Tooth Fairy better start saving up their money because that's going to be pretty cool. All right, so the last thing I want to ask you, the very last thing I'm going to ask you, um, what would you like to say to the people all over the world that are going to hear this podcast? Because right now we have people listening in 85 countries. Is there something you would like to say? Would you like to say hello to everybody? Would you like to wish them well? What would you guys like to say to everybody in the world that's going to hear you? Can you say, have a... Go ahead. I hope that they have good luck because of the COVID. Oh, good boy. That's a very nice thing to say. And Malia, what would you like to say to everybody? I hope That's very good. That's very kind of you guys to worry about everybody like that. That is so amazing. Well, Nolan and Malia, my two dinosaur experts from Texas, who got to go look at mammoth bones, which I didn't get to go see yet, but I'm going to one of these days. Uh, let me ask you this. Nolan, are you married yet? No. Okay, I'm just checking. Malia, are you married yet? No. Okay. Malia, are you a mermaid? Do you have a fish tail instead of legs? No. Okay, I'm just checking. And Nolan, do you have a tail because you're half dinosaur? Okay, I'm just checking with both of you because I don't know for sure. You could have been mermaids. You could have been dinosaur kids. Well, I hope you guys had fun. I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you guys so much for taking time. Thank your mom and dad for setting this up. And I'm very proud. I'm very proud of both of you for being a good reader. I'm very proud of you. Thank you guys so much. Oh, Nolan and Malia, I hope you guys enjoyed that. You were so much fun to talk to. For everybody out there, I hope you all enjoyed today's podcast and that you learned something new about Ankylosaurus or Ankylosaurus, if that's how you want to pronounce its name. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any suggestions for a podcast you'd like to listen to, you can become a member of the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. That's totally free. It's totally free. And you can send your questions there as well. For everybody out there, be kind to each other. Take care of everybody. Be nice to everybody. Practice your reading and use good manners. 
And the reason why I say to use good manners, I want you all to know, when somebody comes to me and asks me for a job, they want to work for me, the most important thing for me is if they have good manners. So you need to use good manners because they're the most important thing you can do. So thank you all so much. Tell your mommy and daddy you love them. And I know it's hard to do, but hug your brother or sister too. Thank you guys. I'll talk to you soon. to Dinosaur George Kids. Join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group, become a member of our Patreon club and check out our website store for cool fossils, rocks and crystals. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com for details. Until next time, keep digging for knowledge. Yeah. Yeah.